0: Just 13 minutes after the stop was initiated, the stolen Jeep crashed into a tree and then a home. The impact was so severe, four men were ejected from the Jeep. Two of them pronounced dead at the scene.
1: The Jeep Talk Show is the official podcast of Toledo Jeep Fest. The Toledo Jeep Fest is coming up the weekend of August the 12th. It's an incredible Jeep event you don't want to miss. Go to ToledoJeepFest.com for more information.
2: You're listening to a 4x4 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. The Jeep Talk Show is the official Jeep podcast of Mr. Vanderquack. Keep listening quack. for weekly updates about <laughs> Mr. Vanderquack. Quack, Forgot quack. about the extra quacks. And his mission to help the children at St. Jude. Go to mrvanderquack.com. That's quack. mrvanderquack.com Quack. Are
3: you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show. With Wendy. There will be
0: body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Chuck.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't think so. And think That's a huge deal. So sit back. Wrap in and
0: brace yourself. Nexen USA, we got you. Find out more about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the Nexen Tire Rodion MTX. You can find out more information at NexenTireUSA.com
1: you know it's been a while since we asked you guys to please use the hashtag uh, Jeep Talk Show and hashtag Giveaways. Are you telling people about our giveaways? I mean, I know you guys, the regular listeners, so. not be. That's what I want to know. I, I mean, exactly. It's I so think easy. I think they're hoarding. I think they're not telling people because they're hoarding the prizes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they don't want that many people on they might lose their chance yeah
1: yeah yeah so uh you know let people know let, let everybody have a chance you know you especially if you've already won something i mean you know dr has won twice now and uh, uh, we, we're going to hear from him tonight here in a voicemail. But uh, he's won twice now. I'm sure he's telling people. Dr, are you telling uh, other people about the giveaways and the Jeep Talk
2: He show? better be. He won twice.
1: <laughs> he's super lucky. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, won a Jeep, or never driven, driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Chuck, Wendy, Josh, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about... Brack. Uh, J- Jeeps? Quack. And, and ducks and Brack. things.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, Jeep is packing up and leaving this country. Well, what? not the U.S., of course, but I'll have all the details of this major move coming up. Jeep is also investing some big bucks in Michigan. We'll find out where and why, and what started out as a car wash ends in, uh, ends in a stolen Jeep and people dead.
2: Ooh, and howdy, it's Wendy, and today I'm finishing my three-part series on using a spotter, and tonight today I'm talking about picking your line. Yeah, not the grocery line or picking your nose, it's picking the line on the trail. Come on, guys. I was just going to
1: say, you know, you can pick your 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 line, you can pick your friend's line, but you can't pick your friend's nose, you know? No, you, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tony, and we have another giveaway happening today mm. or on Monday's episode.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I call that a teaser. Hmm. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This
0: Week in Jeep. It was one of the very first international auto brands to enter China. Widely recognized by consumers and understood by its owners to have huge potential. And yet Jeep is shutting down its only plant in the world's largest market. Sounds suicidal on the surface, right? Well, but let's dig into it a little bit. This week, Stellantis, Jeep's parent company, announced it plans to terminate its local joint venture with state-owned Guangzhou Automobile Group. The government set out 40 years ago or so to develop the nation's auto industry by pairing local companies with experienced international players. Among the earliest in this venture was former Jeep owner American Motors. Those yesteryear foundations of business between the two automakers are not only no longer needed, but a little bit out of step with President Xi Jinping's desire for China to become more self-reliant. He wants to see less international brands and more Chinese-owned brands. This move by Stellantis and Jeep pretty much signifies the beginning of the end of any future for international automakers, and possibly many other businesses for that matter too, in China. Now it's still the biggest market and nobody wants to get out, but Jeep likely isn't the only large company now asking the question, why are we still here? So what happened to cause all this? Well, you've got the aforementioned goals of the Chinese president, combined with the fact that Stellantis clearly wasn't happy with its 50-50 ownership stake in this venture in China. We know this because in January, they announced that they desired the increase to 75%. This caught the Chinese-owned auto group a little bit off guard as it was borderline a hostile takeover attempt. And they apparently did, well, nothing about it. Because it would go against the isolationist direction that the country is moving in. And of course, it would go against the uh, president. And well, you can't have that in China, you'd likely get disappeared. Now, this week, though, Stellantis stated that because of this lack of progress after six months towards the ownership shift, Jeep is now pulling out of China. CEO Carlos Tavares isn't ready to completely abandon China altogether, though. There are rumors that the automaker may plan to ship a selective number of electrified Jeeps into the Com auto market on a yearly basis and do it at a profit. But no other automaker is pursuing such a strategy at high volume, especially at this time. Well, that's the new normal right now because of this stupid chip shortage and supply chain issue, which is about to get factors worse because of the stunt that California just pulled with the trucking industry, but I digress. But notice I mentioned right now, as this chip shortage can't go on forever, and its end means higher volumes of production for most, and the spoils are going to go to the automaker who already has the most inroads to the most markets. Markets. Stellantis may be playing the long game here with China, and nobody's able to see the trail but Jeep.
2: Hmm. I wonder if the consumer can demand, you know, could they buy them from the U.S. and have it shipped over? You know, how does that work? Or another country to still bring that, the vehicle yeah, in? You
0: might be able to go into another country and then drive it into China, maybe. Mm, but maybe. as far as direct import uh, on a consumer level, I don't think so. Uh, it, it, there may be avenues, but obviously not for the average consumer. It'll probably be reserved for uh, the elites uh, over there just because mm-hmm. of the cost factor. I think yeah. we're in the neighborhood of a fifteen percent tariff just on the uh, on the uh, uh, the import of a single jeep into into China, and that's on a wholesale basis uh, through a dealership network. Uh, there, wow. but now that Jeep is pulling up its roots there, uh, there are no dealership uh, uh, dealerships left there. I'm not sure how the sales of uh, electric Jeeps are going to go, uh, if that's how that's going to work, since there's going to be no more Jeep dealerships over there. Uh, what's going to happen? Uh, I know they're pulling up stakes as far as manufacturing goes, uh, but as far as how they're going to sell these Jeeps, if they are going to continue shipping anything over there, I'm not sure exactly how that's all going to play out
1: yeah we'll wait and see am I remembering correctly is isn't uh maybe it's uh, Saudi Arabia I'm thinking about, but isn't uh the uh, land Rover's a big a big thing in uh in China isn't that a, 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 a you know something they may, that they do to they impress may other have people
0: production over there i mean there are there are multiple uh automakers that are doing business over in China. Jeep isn't the only one they were just the first um and, and so this is sort of uh maybe the first domino. Uh, being tipped over, if you will. Uh, Now that Jeep is is pretty much packing up and taking off, it's going to be only a matter of time before other other automakers are not necessarily forced into the same situation, but it's going to be more along the lines of, uh, like I said earlier, why are we still here? There's nothing in it for us, and the government is trying to push us out anyways. Um...
1: You know that's got to be a over. really big expense uh, for a Jeep. They've yeah. got a lot of stuff invested well, over there, and for them to make that decision to to pull out, you know, it's got to be pretty bad.
0: And as far as the auto uh, automotive industry as a whole, I mean, this is a big move. You know, you've heard the uh, the 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 phrase or the term. You know, there's a disturbance in the force. Uh, mm-hmm. and here we go. That sounds uh, familiar. This is gonna This is gonna have ripples throughout the auto industry worldwide. Um, but, now, how what that means for us here in the states is probably going to be a very very small ripple, but oh, nonetheless, this is this is worldwide automotive news, and this is this is a a big happening.
2: But it also makes me wonder if Stellantis isn't smart in making it more profitable by not going over there and not having to split everything, and you know all the ownership issues exactly. and whatever. So to me, I almost think this is a very savvy business move on their part, and. You know, if one particular country doesn't get the 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 vehicles, they can sell to everybody else without all the hassles and the negative garbage. So I don't know. There's there's probably more to it. That's
1: what I'm saying. I'm sure it was a big deal for them because it's it's still a financial hit. It's just less of a financial hit than staying is what I'm thinking.
0: I think you're, you're on to something there, Tony. I think it's, it's, you know, the cutting the losses over the long-term goal or yes. long-term gain. It's going to be a short-term loss, but possibly a long-term gain. And that's what I was saying, you know, they might be playing the long game here. As is, is, uh, 10 years down the road, Jeep may be the only one with inroads to still import a vehicle into China at a profit. Uh, and other automakers are just plain and simply unable to do it. Uh, because they don't have the relations they don't have the existing uh, infrastructure there already uh and and you know all the other stuff that goes with that so you know th- th- like i said they could be playing a long game here this could be something that in 10 years actually pans out to be profitable for them um mm-hmm. but what that's going to look like i it's hard to say right now especially with everything to you know how much is up in the air with china and the the direction they're going as far as uh wanting to cut ties with international brands mm-hmm Well, something that uh, Jeep is not cutting ties with is Michigan, and they're in fact actually dropping big money in the state. The automotive industry is headed in the direction of electric power, we've known this for for months if not years, but gasoline isn't dead yet, especially at Stellantis. To hammer that point home, the conglomerate announced a sizable $24.7 million investment into the large Trenton, Michigan assembly plant that builds the Pentastar 3.6 liter V6 engines. That particular V6 is widely used in a range of vehicles from Ram, Chrysler, Dodge, and Jeep. Generally serving as the entry-level engine in models like the Chrysler 300 or Dodge Charger, it's also offered on nearly every model from the Detroit-based Stellantis brands. 3.6-liter dual-overhead cam naturally-aspirated V6 engine can make upwards of the low 300s in horsepower and the high 200s in pound-feet of torque. Because of its wide and continued use, this investment suggests it will stick around for at least a few more years. The Trenton-Michigan engine complex consists of two facilities. The South facility is the focus of the upgrades, and when complete, it will be the only on-site location for engine production. Multiple ver- versions of the Pentastar engine have been in production since its launch in 2011, with an upgraded engine design having launched in 2016. The retooling of the South plant will allow the production of both engine designs in one location. As such, the original Pentastar design still in production, is still in production and will continue through 2023 at Trenton. The South plant will begin production of the upgraded version by the spring of 2023. Meanwhile, the North facility will be converted to storage and non-production activity. To me, that says that they're going to have a lot of spare parts on hand. The The heavy investment in gasoline engine production comes amid a paradigm shift among automakers, moving towards electric power, as we've seen in the news lately. Several companies have pledged to have partial or fully electric lineups by 2030 or 2035. Earlier this year, Stellantis announced its DARE forward plan, calling for 100% EV sales in Europe and 50% EV sales in the United States by 2030. This may or may not be the right move, though. Top execs at multiple automakers have started vocalizing their skepticism of being forced into electrification and what that means for the industry moving forward. I mean, just last month, CEO Carlos Tavares said, quote, while Stellantis will comply with the decision policymakers appear to not care whether automakers have enough raw materials to underpin the shift chief manufacturing officer for Stellantis uh, Arnaud de Bouf de de, Boeuf, de uh, geez, I, i'm just going to butcher that one de Buef, whatever his name is Arnaud has now come out warning the US and EU governments that phasing out new internal combustion engine cars by 2020 by 2035 without a massive shift downward in price of electric vehicles will doom the auto industry as a whole i mean they're both onto something here though, right? I mean, if we look at this from a sheer basic economic business model, well, it should be really bad. It would be really bad uh, rather if electric cars do not become cheaper. And if because of that, the market will shrink and which we're already seeing signs of as over three quarters of new car buyers say they do not want an electric car despite record high gas prices. That was actually out of a poll done just last month. Now, for now, it looks like the investment in the gas, and, uh, gas engine factory in the Michigan engine complex is a good move. I just wish they'd start cranking out that new inline-six,
1: though. I really want to see that in action.
2: Mm, yeah, be fun to, that'd be fun to test drive that, wouldn't
3: it? hmm
1: absolutely. You, you know, it's mm. funny. I think that electric vehicles are significantly cheaper than internal combustion engines if it wasn't for the cost of the batteries. Because yeah. there's so many fewer moving parts, there's so much things, so many things that don't wear out because you don't see yeah. uh, the, the rapid heating and cooling like you do in an internal combustion engine. There's just a lot more parts. Uh, so it's
0: about a quarter of the price on, on a new on a new car. I mean, you go to look at, at replacing a a, a a battery pack on on a vehicle and a, a hybrid vehicle that's you know less than ten years old, and uh, likely it's going to cost you about what you paid for it, if not about half. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. And,
1: and they're they're facing two things now because internal combustion engines, not across the board, but a lot of them now, internal combustion engines are made so well and have such tight tolerances, and the the oil that's being used in them, they go for a long time. <laughs> so not, not only do you get the uh, higher mileage uh, with a tank of gas, uh, not per gallon, not not per mile, but the the distance is what I'm talking about. You also can not have to worry about buying a new new vehicle for. 10, 15, maybe even 20 years because right. that engine with, with regular maintenance is going to be still running. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it's still going to be cheaper to have an automatic transmission rebuilt than it is to have battery pack changed. So the, the, the electric uh, vehicle industry is really fighting two very uh, steep uphill battles. And I don't know that yeah. everybody's going to think of this whenever they start thinking about, oh, maybe I should get an electric vehicle. What? I got to change the batteries every uh, five years, seven years, whatever it is. No, that's why Geo Metro is now going for 10 grand.
0: I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's a, oh, 40 miles per gallon, and it's it's got all the features that I need. I'm sure, okay. It doesn't have Bluetooth or cup holders or reclining seats, but, you no know, cup whatever. Holders in 2022, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no, I think they stopped making the. Uh, I think they stopped making that car <laughs> they, a long time ago They don't ago. want
1: to encourage any additional weight So they don't want drinks exactly. in the vehicle Well, no, nothing. look at look at it this way I mean,
0: what, the uh, a 1968 uh, Volkswagen Super Beetle Probably got nearly 30 miles to the gallon Yeah, yeah, yeah. right uh, You know, um, the the aforementioned car A uh, little three-cylinder uh, banger they had on it I mean, those things got like 40, 45 miles to the gallon I think some of them even got close to 50 um, this is decades-old technology, uh, nearly half a century in one case, y- yet we have all of this, you know, fancy, crazy, I mean, a new car is going to cost you 60 grand now. An electric car, um, I-, I think the average cost of electric car is over $50,000. Um, and so, you know, you look at, at, you know, what it would cost for you to buy, uh, you know, a Geo Metro. Well, I could probably get one for ten grand. I could probably, you know, a really nice one. Yeah, you probably find them for you know five to eight thousand dollars, and you get forty-five miles to the gallon, and you can get to and from work no problem. Yeah, you're not going to have much creature comforts, and it's not a jeep for sure. Um, but you also don't have to spend fifty grand.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, I, I, like I said, as soon as we get something that is a nice, a uh, good uh, power density. Uh, then the electric vehicle will be will be there and it'll be more than just a vehicle it'll be flying vehicles or on personal nuclear power cell and if they get <laughs> if they get small enough it'll be an iron man suit you know
2: ah. They're all right there
0: <laughs> yeah i want to get in my Jetson's car and just lift off from the driveway and wait
2: fly. forget a car i just want the actual transporter to work seriously oh here we go <laughs> you know what like for me the morning i have to leave you know super early for this trade show i'm going to I'd be nice to just be me over there. I'd be done. But yeah. No. Yeah. Three, now, three and now, a half hour drive. I know for a
1: fact, Josh is going to be a, uh, just a fidgety idiot whenever he goes into the transporter. I saw a fly. Is that a fly? I saw a fly. <laughs> 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 I need this. I need this thing cleaned out now. Yeah. Like, where's the windex? <laughs> Love
2: it. Love it.
0: Well, I don't think there's enough cleaner to uh, clean this mess up. It all started with a man trying to wash his jeep in peace. And it ended with two men dead, three others in the hospital and one man on the run.
1: Holy crap. Around ten p-
0: <laughs> around ten p m Wednesday night in Harris uh, in uh, Harris County, uh, a man was a citizen was washing his jeep wrangler when he was approached by six young males. At least mm-hmm. one brandished a weapon and demanded the vehicle from the citizen. Faced with six against one, the jeeper had no choice and reluctantly handed over the keys. Investigators said a sheriff's deputy tracked down the stolen jeep near Imperial Valley Drive in Greens Road. When he tried to stop the jeep, the suspects, well, did what you think they were going to do, and they took off, and a chase ensued. It didn't last long, however, as six men in a Wrangler does not a getaway vehicle make. (laughs) Combine that with poor driving skills, and this chase ended almost as soon as it began. Just 13 minutes after the stop was initiated, the stolen Jeep crashed into a tree and then a home. The impact was so severe, four men were ejected from the Jeep, two of them pronounced dead at the scene. One of the thieves was trapped in the Jeep so bad he had to be cut out before being taken to the hospital in critical condition. Two of the others were taken to a nearby hospital in serious condition. And believe it or not, one young man got away and is still on the run. The of survivors course. of this crash could face murder charges because they were in the course of committing another felony and causing the death of another person. The initial vehicle the thieves were in has yet to be found, but they did recover a stolen weapon that is believed to have been used in the in the jeepjacking.
1: Geniuses here, I think. Huh? I was waiting for you to say that they ran into the back of a, an eighteen wheeler because I remember that story yeah. oh. <laughs> from last week. Well, Boy, look at the size! Of, the look deal? at the size of that tree. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Just. Stripped
0: of bark too, and uh, you can see the damage to the the uh, corner of the house beyond it. I mean, yeah, but to completely root a you, tree you, yeah. of that size. Could you imagine it,
1: sitting on the toilet in that house whenever this the sound? Oh, no, outside.
0: I, I, I saw a. Uh, I, I tracked this story down. You know, because I got I verify all the stories that we have here on the show. Uh, I tracked this story down. Actually, saw a a news report that was talking about this. Some local news reporter uh, got a got a chance to talk to the guy. I think he was in the house next door. <laughs> or something, um, but he said he felt his house move. Yeah, oh. you know, I mean, it didn't, it didn't actually, it didn't get knocked off the foundation or anything like that. But, the, but he said the like impact was yeah. so, yeah, was so wow. intense that it, it felt like, like that, that the house moved. And of course, you know, the sound, the bang, you know, the boom, you know, all that sort of stuff. So turned yeah, out it uh,
1: wasn't this accident at all. It was just somebody driving by with a lot of bass on their thousand watt. <laughs> <amplifier. laughs> and then there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so oh it just
0: God. goes to show you man uh, don't steal a jeep seriously. Oh, well,
1: yeah I mean my gosh it can do a lot of damage if that's what you're going for <laughs> they could have used these during World War II to take mm-hmm. dams out yeah seriously Right, with enough <laughs> speed it's, it's basically a missile
0: <laughs> alright jeeper if you've got a news tip or response to any of our stories including this one that you just heard be sure to let us know what you have to say we always enjoy interaction by our listeners you can do it by phone or by email just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out all the different ways you can reach out to hear us here on the show. You're listening to a 4x4
3: Radio Network podcast.
0: And if you don't know about the 4x4 Radio Network, well, here, I'm going I'm to tell you, it's your one-stop shop for all the web's best off-road podcast we have the center steer podcast trail chasers the On the trail podcast the world famous four by four podcast of course the jeep talk show is there as well lots of great off-road shows it's all for free it's all in one place the number four the letter x the number four and radionetwork.com that's four by four radionetwork.com we'll see you there
1: by the way i was listening to on the trail podcast with kevin and scott uh and uh do you know that uh, Kevin has moved into a new house that has a barn? Finally out of his mom's basement. Good <laughs> for him. I'm, I'm not talking about some little thing you put up in the back and call it a barn, an actual barn. And, and uh, they are setting up the barn to not only record the show in a studio, Ooh. but also to, to be able to do, they got a lift out there. So they're actually going to be able to do YouTube videos of working on vehicles.
2: That's cool. What, Isn't that What neat? kind of
1: advertisers do they have that we don't? For
0: FSA. Yeah.
2: Kevin and Scott. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, you guys know this. You have to You have to really invest in what you're doing to get the eyeballs and the ears. So mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. And uh, I just well, heard that and I thought that was in the wonderful. same town,
0: aren't they? They're both in the same town, aren't they? I mean, they're
1: I don't think they're in the same town anymore, but they're both in Florida and within driving distance of each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do it live. I mean, they do, not. I'm sorry, they don't do it live. They record with it, both people in the studio, but now they're live. actually going to have studio, a studio. Yeah. I mean, it, well, if cows and rats count, it'll be a live studio <laughs> audience. I mean, it's a barn. But, but still, Chuck, they do. I but, mean, yeah, but still, I'm. Followers on Twitter. But still, I'd love to have a barn with a studio in it. That'd be wouldn't wonderful. That
2: Would that be awesome? Are, are in we, a we lift call, for your vehicle? We,
0: call them, we There's a specific term for those. Uh, we call them barn dominiums. Yeah. yeah Ooh. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do a, do a Google image search for barn dominium, and you, yeah. you're gonna completely change your the rest of your life outlook. <laughs>
1: Noob. What? Where's the noob? Noob, noob, noob,
2: hey newbie, noobie! noobie. Noob. Nugget.
0: It's time for newbie nuggets!
2: Well, in my last two episodes of newbie nuggets, I began a three-part series of using a spotter. Today we finished that series with picking your line. Now picking your line can be summed up as how will you get through the obstacle and which line or way is best for you, your ability, and your Jeep setup. Now, when we work with new drivers, I get them out of their Jeep and let them see the line by showing them options for that particular obstacle. When you first approach an obstacle, a few things will stick out on the rocks. Like, is there any shiny material left behind from other Jeepers or vehicles? This means someone didn't pick a good line and got stuck or scraped their tie rod, control arm, or differential. Now, if you see oil remnants or other fluid, chances are they backed off the rock and peeled their factory differential cover just enough to create a slow leak of gear oil. Sometimes you can actually see body parts from vehicles. Those are usually Toyotas, by the way. Um, If you do, you may be facing a really tough obstacle. Now, you almost always want to plan to place your tires on the shiny parts of the rocks where others have scraped because it will give you greater ground clearance so that you're not Um, the one leaving parts of your jeep behind. Now I say this all the time, but it's crucial that you get out of your jeep and inspect the obstacle. Look at it from both the driver's perspective and also look at the obstacle from the opposite view. What I mean is looking back at your parked jeep. This should give you a clear visual of just where those tires are going to contact the rocks. Walking past the obstacle or taking a look back at the line from another angle really helps you to see where the tire placement could or should go. That's both front and rear, by the way. The art of picking a line is to get your Jeep over and through the obstacle with little or no damage. Jeepers who've been wheeling for a while love this challenge on the most difficult lines out there. Now, there are a few things to keep in mind when picking your line. The rear tires do not track the same as the fronts when making turns. This is something to consider when you're lining yourself up to an obstacle. It's important to line up to the obstacle as straight as possible. You may need to roll your front tires a little farther left or right than they need to to ensure your rear tires track where you want them to. This is one of the biggest mistakes we see from new drivers and spotters. They focus solely on the front and forget about the rear. And to be honest, I've seen experienced drivers wheel and not realize this as well. Now, what is your Jeep wheelbase? Are you a 2-door, 4-door, or a JT, which adds some extra length? This does make a difference on how your Jeep will track over an obstacle. And finally, what is the width of your axles and tires? Are you stock? Did you put wheel spacers in to keep your tires from rubbing the frame when you make sharp turns? Did you put Dana 60s underneath? You need to know the outside parameters of your Jeep Jeep and tires. Most are standard, but there will be exceptions. Understanding the width is very helpful when it comes to tire placement. Now, you can test your width awareness with cones set up in a parking lot or find a narrow trail with bushes on both sides. You're essentially threading a needle, so to speak, and learning just how wide your Jeep is. Can you get through that obstacle without touching either side? By the way, we typically see more scratches on the passenger side because the driver was only focused on the driver's side. Knowing your spatial boundaries will help keep the pinstriping off your doors, and also help navigate obstacles. Now, knowing how your Jeep tires track is very important. When you turn your front tires, the rear will track differently. They will not go in the same line as the fronts while you're turning. They will track inside the path of the front wheels. It's simple geometry. The length of your Jeep will make a difference in how the rears track. With the short wheelbase, the rear tires will track closer to the front. With a longer wheelbase, the rear tires will track farther inside the path of the front. On a 4-door JK or JL, if you turn full lock with the steering, the rear tires will track a full half inch width of the Jeep to the inside. A JT will track farther inside still. So how does this matter in picking a line? Well, if you place your front tires on a rock as an example and think, I'm clear, and turn the front wheels, you will more than likely slip off the rock with the rear tires. Even the slightest adjustment can change the tracking of the rear tires. You need to continue forward until the rear tires are over the rocker obstacle or as close to straight as possible. The same will apply when setting up the line that you pick. Getting through an obstacle takes patience and understanding. It's all a process of learning. Getting out of your Jeep and watching others go through an obstacle can be a great learning tool. You want to watch how their rear tires are tracking on the line that they picked. It's amazing how a small change in direction of the fronts really does affect the rears. I have learned so much by watching others pick lines. Now the first thing you want to do when you approach an obstacle, besides getting out looking, is to see where you want your front tires to go and be of where your rears are. For example, if you turn sharply to get to that obstacle, you may need or want to back up once or twice to try to line up your rear tires so that you are in a straighter position to track correctly. If you're not lined up straight to that obstacle, you may have a difficult time tracking through that obstacle. You will get through it. It just may not go as smooth as you had anticipated, but that's also how you learn. Now, sometimes obstacles may have an easy way or a more difficult way to get through. You can decide what you feel comfortable trying. By watching others, you may determine that taking the easier route this time is your choice. Just because others took a harder line doesn't mean you have to and there's no shame in picking the route you want, good or bad. You are learning about your Jeep and how it tracks and what it's capable of, so just go try it. Just remember, little or small increments in your steering movements is key to helping you stay on track. Using a spotter to help you through is another great way to learn and figure out what your Jeep does. A good spotter can be your eyes and help you through by keeping your tires up on the rocks instead of slipping off. Picking a line is part of the challenge of jeeping, You want to see if the line you picked allowed you to get over the obstacle or hindered you or maybe you just wanted to see if you could do the harder line. Only way to figure this out is to try it. Experience is the best teacher. Using a spotter will help lead you on to picking your own line and eventually you can wheel with the best of them and just enjoy wheeling. Just remember, we all started out as newbies at some point in our lives, so get out there and have some fun. So guys, any other suggestions you'd add for picking your line?
0: You know, I like the uh, the uh, part where you, you said you know, look back at your Jeep. Mm. You know, it's it's actually one of my favorite things. I get out of the Jeep and I as I'm walking away, I look back and yeah, that's my Jeep. Yes.
2: Yeah, well, there's that too.
0: <laughs> no, I just, when you say look back at your Jeep, I, I, I can't help but think it's like, I don't know any Jeeper that doesn't, as they walk away from their Jeep, turn yeah. around and look back. You know, regardless yeah. of where you are or what you're you doing. You have to, you have to do that.
2: But you know what's funny, when when I'm working with a newbie, I get them to an obstacle, I will have them get out of the driver's seat, obviously, and stand in front of the Jeep and look at the obstacle. And most of the time, that looks very ominous, by the way. Mm-hmm. It looks huge, it looks too deep, it's got a huge cavern, I'm not really sure if I can do this, what am I doing here? These are all the thoughts that go through somebody's head. But when you take them through the obstacle, they're walking it, and they get to the bottom of it, or the you know through it, and they look backwards, it's a completely different view. So you can see where your line needs to be, and then you can actually see it clearer, I think. So that's kind of what I mean by looking back at your Jeep. But I agree with you, Josh. Looking back at our Jeep is like, yeah, that's our Jeep. I like that.
1: (laughs) You you know, I think I kind of knew it intuitively, but I never really thought about it, uh, thought the process through or thought about it logically. It does make a lot of sense about uh, traveling uh, straight as much as you possibly can, depending on the terrain in front of you. Uh, over the obstacle, because, yeah, any little change up front's going to be a big change in the back. And uh, so uh, yeah, that makes that that's really good sense makes really good sense. I'm glad you mentioned that it uh, kind of connected the dots for me if you uh, don't mind the pun,
2: good. You know, it's funny when you when we do obstacles on rocks that are permanent, they don't ever move, um, it's really easy to get somebody lined up pretty, pretty straight because those rocks aren't going to move. They're ingrained in the ground. They're just buried. There's no way they're ever going to move. But when you are going over obstacles that do move, as in the the rocks are there, they just they they can be moved. A, a Jeep can spin them out of the way, whatever. Knowing what your line is going to be and how you're going to pick that is so important to know what your rears are doing. And I think the biggest thing I see when we watch large, you know, they're talking black diamond obstacles where we go and watch people they they forget about those rears, and they're so excited that they got the fronts over, and then they go to move because they know that the line needs to completely change. Completely hang
0: up on the rear control. Yes, arm, yeah. and then they're completely
2: <laughs> hung up, or there's the diff getting stuck, or they're turtled. And you should see the looks on their faces, and I'm thinking it to myself, wow. Happened. Yeah, and I'm thinking, gosh, if you guys had just stayed that. forward uh, just a tiny bit more. So, I think teaching somebody new... How to take it down to the simplest form of just stay on track, stay there. Even though your mind is saying, I've got to turn now, I've got to turn. You have to sort of do something counterintuitive at that point and stay straight for the moment. That's where that good spotter comes in too, because they can say, no, 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 keep coming forward. And it may just be one wheel rotation forward. Yeah. It's not like yeah. you're driving forever forward. But I think with the longer Jeeps, the, the wheelbases, the four-door and, the, and, the, and the, the JTs, you really have to almost exaggerate that sometimes. But learning those basics of staying straight, understanding what's happening with your line is so important that later on when you deal with these bigger obstacles where the rocks do move and you're wondering what the heck happened, well, you turn too soon. And that, and Josh, you know, tiny, tiny increments, we're talking little tiny movement of those tires just yeah, makes it a uh, difference. Absolutely. So, anyway.
0: So but
1: there was something else. I, Go ahead, Tony. I was just going to say. So getting out and looking at the the trail and then your your jeep position on the trail is really important. But you also need to spend a little time looking at your jeep. Um, I found out really relatively relatively recently. I mean, I can see, but I never even thought about it. The rear sway bar on the 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 Gladiator hangs down really really mm. low. Low hanging fruit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's not as low as the the shock mount. But mm-hmm. it's damn close, and if you yeah. if you're going up and over something, and maybe you miss the shock mount, you may hit that sway bar link that's hanging down. I mean, they do make things to to improve that to, to suck it up, sure. uh, so that you don't have to run over things. But I can see how this would be critically important about uh, making sure the, the the wheels are going, the rear wheels are going over that obstacle, the same obstacle the front ones did. Otherwise, you're you may be dragging your sway bar links.
2: So. Well, and I think I think the biggest thing I see even on YouTube, I see it in in the trails. Is that everybody thinks they need to straddle these obstacles, and oh, I think that's <laughs> where you get in trouble. Is that yeah. people don't realize? You know, let's let's be honest. When I'm working with somebody brand new, I'm like, look, when you're driving on that highway, you you avoid rocks. You're not going to run over them. You're not going to use them right. for anything. You just want to avoid them. You do want to straddle them, but I think they transition that into the dirt and they get on a trail and they think, oh, I've got to straddle everything. The pr- the thing I'm going to say the most with newbies is, you rocks are your friends. Yeah. Use them to gain height. So, if you're picking your line and you're staying straight and you know that you've got to get one rear tire up on that rock, same as you did the front, you have clearance. You're not going to hit those control arm mounts. You're not going to hit any of that stuff. So, using that to your benefit.
1: You know, it's really funny. You talk about straddling rocks. Josh, you remember when you were up on uh, the trail guiding Jimmy? Uh, up the, his almost rollover not your fault trying <laughs> trying to get him up there yeah that's really a, <laughs> oh my god, not gosh, your I would fault have loved to have i was i was on the bypass oh, there's, there's
0: video there's yeah, yeah. video yeah
1: i was on on the bypass down low and i'm of course i'm just focused on what's going on with jimmy sure. trying to trying to crawl up that uh, incline and i'm like i mean time slowed down for me whenever he went, uh, started sliding <laughs> sideways and tilted but anyway i kind of glanced down and there's a couple that were there at the event with us and they're watching too and I kind of look down and I look lower. They are on, uh, not on a rock, but over a rock in the middle of their J- uh, JKU or JLU. I think it was a JLU. And I don't know how they got it past the axle. <laughs> it was so huge. And I was like, oh, man, you guys need to, you know, back up or go forward. And he yeah. immediately starts turning the wheel and went, nope, nope, nope. We need to go directly over this thing because you made it over it. Now you need to back up. But they did that. I don't know if he was watching what the what was going on and didn't think anything of it. But oh, this was you. a huge rock. I mean, it was at least twenty or twenty-five inches uh, tall. It, it, I, I was just surprised well, it wasn't rubbing on the bottom of the jeep.
2: You know, that's part of learning your spatial awareness of your jeep. So if we know that we can't get up and over a rock, and you have to straddle it. We're going to put it down the passenger side of our jeep absolutely because the differential is in the front is kind of where the driver sits it's a little bit more toward that side but your rear is dead center but if you had to stick something underneath your jeep and you're straddling something that's when you understand the width of your jeep and say hey i know i can put something about yay high whatever that is for your jeep um down that side um, and not get caught. So it's possible that that particular person knew that, or maybe they just lucked out. No,
1: <laughs> no, they they, they they were really surprised. They had no
2: idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, now they know what they can do exactly. on that side of the jeep. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. I could go on for another five or ten minutes about spatial awareness and yes. and you know knowing tire placement and things like that. And and the one thing I want to um I want to touch on though real quick though. Is, um, is, is in spotting And even if you're spotting yourself You're picking your line mm-hmm. Is, you know, trail conditions Can and do change And especially All if you're reeling, you're reeling In like spring or fall And, and there's, there's rain involved uh, Or the trail is just wet because of a recent rain Or something like that There is a very high likelihood That your line that you picked Is not going to survive first encounter And, um, as you, as you approach that line and as you get into it and stuff, you may suddenly slide off that line. You need to kind of predict that. And this gets into, gets into physics a little bit and, and understanding vehicle dynamics and how the vehicle is going to react and slide when certain traction is lost and gravity takes over um and and you've that will only come with uh, either a physics degree or else a lot of seat time and and just getting getting out there and being on the trails in a in a variety a variety of different kinds of uh of weather conditions and so having alternative lines i'm going to go here but it Mm -hmm. looks like if i slide i'm going to end up pointing this way or i'm going to end up here and if that happens i know that i'm going to need to do this and you're going to have to plan that out. You can pick a line and and in the best of times, you know, it's it's going to work out and you're going to be able to hit that line and hit every rock and know exactly where the tire is going to be each and every point as you go through. But half the time, seriously, half the time you're going to lose your line, a rock is going to shift, your tires going to lose traction, <laughs> something's going to happen and that line that you picked is going to go completely out the window. And and now you're faced with having to pick a completely different line from a point in a position and in a vehicle orientation that you weren't planning true. on being in and, yeah. and so you know just kind of try and 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 see into the future a little bit i know it's kind of hard especially for new wheelers and stuff mm-hmm. like that but think about how as you approach this obstacle as you get into this position as the vehicle starts to change in attitude if you start losing your line what's going to happen and and if you can kind of predict that throughout the trail and throughout the obstacle, you'll actually be able to call an audible as you're going through the obstacle, going through the uh, going through this line, and and be able to shift and adjust on the fly.
2: Well, and also to that point, being new and or actually having a spotter there, the experienced spotters really need to be aware that a newbie may not. Understand exactly what they're asking Him to do, which is what I talked about in the last two episodes That's right, is that you gotta spotter, listen to the whole
0: show Everybody
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, your, your spotter needs to be someone who's calm and patient Because as a spotter You have to almost assume that that's going to happen Josh, that that trail's going to change or that That driver's going to do something, nothing Wrong, by the way, they're learning But being able to also help them through So that's a great point on both sides You as the driver and also you as the spotter So, excellent content So well, if you have a topic or suggestion for newbie nuggets? I would love to hear from you. You can find us. Uh, also, get some additional information with great tips, tricks, and techniques on our YouTube channel at Trails Four One One.
1: You know, we're having some great conversation. A lot of great content for uh, new and old jeepers uh, tonight. I think this has uh, really a, been a really good conversation on uh, on spotting and picking your line.
2: Gladiator. My name is Gladiator.
3: Gladiators, are you not
1: entertained? Gladiator. So we were having a discussion on the Discord server today. And uh, if you don't know, the Discord server is just a little thing that we have uh, set up. It's free. You can join in. It's a, basically a little texting, chatting type thing and uh, go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and uh, you can see where the uh, Discord invite is. Everybody's invited. You can invite other people to it if you want to. It's just a, a good place to hang out with other Jeepers and have fun. Anyway, Nathan from Pittsburgh, which is, is his entire name on Discord. <laughs> I don't expect you to know Nathan from Pittsburgh, but uh, anyway, Nathan from Pittsburgh uh, asked uh, asked the Jeep Talk Show, uh, now uh, that it's been a while, what is your biggest pros or cons with the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, he goes on to say, "I've had mine for a year now, and it's easily become my favorite vehicle I've owned." Wow! Yeah, it's uh, it's very nice. And uh, a ringing endorsement for sure. And, you know, I couldn't think of any pros, but that's not a negative. I, it's just a really nice uh, vehicle. It's a, it's a great Jeep. It's been great off-road from, from the very uh, first weekend that, uh, that, I, that we got it. We took it off-road, and it was uh, uh, very, very nice off-road just on the, the stock tires. So the only con I could think of was the length. <laughs> it's that it, it's a very long vehicle uh when compared to other uh i would say modern day jeeps i i never had a uh 70s or 80s uh like a cherokee chief or anything like that so i don't know what the, the length of those were uh but uh you know it, it it's 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 long but it's very comfortable to drive it's it's very uh it's it's very agile for its length and uh, but, but the short Jeeps are just a lot more maneuverable than what the Gladiator is. And uh, at 218 inches for the Gladiator, uh, it is 50 inches longer than my XJ, the one I had driven for a good 23, 24 years.
2: Mm, that's going to take some time getting used to. That's mm-hmm. four feet
1: longer. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, I had no idea. And for a TJ, which is the other vehicles that we have here, it's 63 inches longer Yikes. <laughs> so uh, somebody mentioned that uh, the, uh, the full-size uh, Ford pickups uh, are about the same length anyway uh, as the Gladiator. So I looked it up and I said, uh, you know, I found that it puts the Gladiator in the same range for the 2022 Ford F-150. Uh, and I'm sure it depends on the models that, uh, of the F-150. Uh, the Ford F-150 is anywhere from 209 inches to 250 inches. So the gladiators is literally there in about the middle of a Ford, the length of a Ford F one hundred and fifty, which I was amazed at. I had no How idea. How dare
0: you with the comparison? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the, I would have to say like three Geometros if I had done going that okay. direction. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, I was just really surprised. It is a very long vehicle, uh, but it, it's it's a lot longer than what I thought it was. Uh, and in, in when, uh, Josh, uh, Wendy, be honest here. Do you guys know what the wheelbase length is? Because I didn't, I didn't realize it until I started looking for the length. And I went, wheelbase, wait a minute. That probably has to do with the wheels, not the overall length of the vehicle. For all this time, no, yeah, I've been thinking center, the length of the vehicle was the same thing as wheelbase. Center, wheel, uh, center of front
0: wheel to center of rear wheel. Yeah, and then track track would be width of wheel mounting surface to wheel mounting surface.
1: Yep, I was really surprised, but it just kind of dawned on me, so I looked it up because I was actually going to look up wheelbase to start with, and that would have been significantly I'm, shorter. I'm going to guess uh,
0: 138 inches.
1: Oh, I don't remember. Oh crap! Well, uh, what you, you asked for then? Now I got to look it up. <laughs> well, that, that's what I, that's what I just explained. I was going to look up wheelbase. And I realized that that's not the length. So I had to to look up the length of the vehicle. Oh, dang. I was close 137.3
0: inches.
2: That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And I I think it's only nine. I think the JT is only nine inches uh, longer than the JK, I believe. Because when I I spot and work with them, it's just a tiny bit I have to adjust for them. Interesting. I had no idea
1: that the JKU is what you're talking about. Yeah. The four door, of course. Four door. Yeah,
0: the four, four year. Ninety five point four inches. So I mean it's it's, it's like three feet almost shorter. Yep. Thirty inches. Thirty five
1: inches. Just amazing. So uh it's uh, it, but it, it has been a great, a great vehicle so far. It's uh, it's only just a little over a year old, so we'll have to wait and see uh what it's like uh, twenty three years from now. And uh, as I mentioned before, everyone is welcome to join our Discord server where this question was asked. Uh, It's a 24 by 7 texting or chat server. Just go to gtalkshow.com contact to find the invite uh, for our Discord server. We hope to see you there. This segment of the show is brought to you by Lugnuts. There's
0: nothing like Lugnuts to secure a wheel to a Jeep. Get yours now and be sure to ask for genuine Lug brand nuts for your Jeep wheels. That's Lugnuts. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G and uh you guys talked about the air pump that you hook up to your tailpipe Uh-oh. that uh, jacks up your vehicle. Oh, dear. And, Josh, you were trying to explain to Chuck the difference between uh, inflation and compression. Yeah, I can simplify that
3: for you. One oh, sucks
0: boy. and the other blows. But either way, <laughs> jacking up your car with your tailpipe just sounds exhausting. Oh, well, gosh. that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that I am one-eighth 8 Cherokee. Yeah, not by inc- ancestry. That's what? a funny word to say. <laughs> I was in an accident, and the doctor can't get all the little
3: dashboard pieces out of me yet.
2: <laughs>
3: all right, boys and girls, I'll chat to you later. You have a good one. Bye.
0: He's not narc- ancestry, not incest. I was just going well, to say, he's,
1: he's not in Arkansas,
0: is he? <laughs>
2: And that was probably his worst joke. Seriously,
1: I don't know. That was. I I didn't get that one, Jake. Oh, you need to go go. back and listen to prior episodes. You know, it's it's funny. We like giving Nikki G a hard time, but I need to go back and look and see exactly how long he's been calling into the show. It has been
2: a long, long time. He needs to write a book or publish it or offer it because there's some some good stuff in there,
0: Nikki. Seriously, I, I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of 600 episodes.
2: Wow. Yeah. It's, yes. well, it's, it's
0: definitely over 500 Wow Nikki G has been on the show For over 500 episodes in a row I mean there might be one or two That he missed here and there Because of you know I don't know Wendy don't burnt the books so. or something But yeah, yeah. Something.
1: Very very reliable So uh, you know If you, uh, if you enjoy uh, the Nikki G jokes uh, Reach out to Nikki G And, and, and say please stop no i'm sorry no, just, no
2: don't do that just <laughs> say thank stuff. you
1: i really enjoy the dickie g segment oh, I love uh, what it. is it? I, he, I, it I always get his, his uh his uh, podcast wrong is it the, the is it the, the 10, minute,
0: ten
2: minute
1: podcast
2: yeah 10 it's, minutes you know yeah
1: so
0: perfect for uh people with short attention spans
1: yep it's yep. a it's a 10 minute long joke is uh no no he <laughs> <laughs> he talks about all, all all kinds of things there oh, Check man, it out. He,
0: Ever to get to the punchline. It's <laughs>
1: Just a big tease. <laughs>
3: a little
1: bit and you guys give back a lot by listening and commenting on the our post and we really appreciate that don't forget about the uh, hashtag Jeep talk show and the hash giveaway uh, giveaways on your uh, on your social media posts we really appreciate it and for you uh, uh, infectious uh, agents out there that are putting uh, the the rat bastard toe tags on unsuspecting jeeps infecting them, uh, remember to, to take pictures and put those on the, uh, on the social media as well. Mm-hmm. We'd like for that to, 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 to take off. I mean, nothing against the ducks, uh, but I just kind of like the dirty, filthy rats that go on a Jeep. That just seems uh, kind of uh, the good old hard time that Jeepers give each other, you know? So You rat bastard. That's right. <laughs> Thurston the <Howell> III. <laughs>
3: Lovey, fetch me my Jeep. <laughs> hey, Jeep Talk Show. Uh, it's Dr. out here in Utah. I just call and see. I haven't had a chance to call since I won this. Another great prize. I can't believe you guys keep giving all this shit away. It's uh, just unbelievable. <laughs> anyways, uh, I just called to, to thank you guys so much uh, for all you do for me. Uh, you lift my spirits, and that's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, uh, that's anyways, wonderful. I, I, I was Thinking about Dixie four-wheel drive, and uh, I was thinking about the last time I went down there to a rock crawling event. Uh, I was kind of out behind what they used to call the old airport up on this ridge. That was the coolest airport in the world anyways. But uh, I see houses going up everywhere. I, I just can't even express enough that everybody needs to get behind their... Four wheel drive club, whatever they got that can, uh, save all these lands that we have to go out and, and, uh, ride around it because they're closing them down left and right. I see it right where I live. So any kind of, uh, any kind of an association or just go down and bitch at your damn city council meetings. That's what my wife does. Uh, she's retired now and she loves to, you know, she loves to do that. Anyways, uh, thanks again, you guys. Appreciate it. Have a good day.
1: Well, I'm really glad to hear that we make your day better. Or days, I guess, now that we have yes. four episodes I a
3: week.
1: love that. Yeah.
0: Heck, yeah. Now, kind words from DR, and, and thanks for, for your continued uh, support and listening, DR. We, we really appreciate the interaction.
1: Yeah, and I hope you or your wife are successful in uh, keeping lands uh, open uh, for us Jeepers and the other folks that like going off-road as well.
0: Man, that's why I feel I feel so blessed being out here in the Pacific Northwest, where we have so much open public land, where you can just well. There's a road right here off the highway, and it's not gated and it's public because it's not private, and because there's not a lot of big land that's private like that. And so I can just go over here and and, and start you know exploring this this logging trail, uh, you know this old access road or something like that. And half of them are mapped out here. That's the that's the cool part. We That's can go nice. across like four or five counties and not wow. even touch pavement in, in some areas. Now, That's you better have a good map, you better have a good GPS, and probably a shortwave radio, but I'm just saying, you know, it can be done. Um, whereas, you know, you go down to, to Texas or something like that, there's there's no public land, really. I mean, the public land is all highways and byways. I was going
1: to say, there is lots of public land. They're called roads. The parking lots, Yeah.
0: <laughs> And so, you know, you, go, you want to go wheeling, you have to go to a specific destination, a a park, if you will. Now, we have OHV areas, off-highway vehicle areas out here, uh, lots of trail I mean, I, I'd, I'd be kind of curious to see, combined with, you know, side-by-side, four-wheeler, uh, motorcycle, and Jeep trails, just how many hundreds, if not thousands of miles of trails that the state of Oregon has. And, and it would probably blow your mind. And it's probably competitive to virtually any other state out there. If not, we're at the top. I mean, California I might yep. have us beat, but uh, yeah, we're up there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, coming up on our next interview, episode 649, Bill Bayer tells us about his electric conversion TJ. I've got something
0: in a news article coming up about uh, somebody doing something very similar, actually.
1: I can't remember. It was either a 97 or a 99, so it was uh, definitely a a TJ model, but a very, very interesting interview.
0: Yeah, uh, the energy density is what you're talking about in the batteries. Yeah, Yeah. you're absolutely right. It's a problem. Uh, I've got a 90-kilowatt-hour battery bank in the Jeep, and uh, there's roughly 34 or 37, depending on who you ask, kilowatt-hours in a gallon of gas. So I've got what two and a half gallons a, of gas equivalent energy, and that weighs a thousand pounds. So, yeah. and that's the best we got right now.
1: Wow! Yep. So, with that, listening to that entire interview coming up next Thursday on our interview episode. Thursdays are interview episodes.
0: Yeah, hey, on Tuesdays we've got the world's biggest Jeeper roundtable going on, and it's, we're recording a live episode of the Jeep Talk Show while you, the listener, joins us. That's right. You, if this is your first time to the Jeep Talk Show and you want to join in on a recording, actually chat with the hosts and other Jeepers as we discuss a topic or two, or even have a special guest on to, uh, you could ask questions with. Every Tuesday, the Jeep Talk Show is recording a new episode and it's live and it's with you, the listeners. Come join our next roundtable episode happening every Tuesday. Just join in on the newsletter to find out how. Go to jeeptalkshow.com contact. Sign up for the newsletter to get all the inside information about what's happening on the show. What we're giving away, when, who we're talking to, what's coming up, and what we've, what we've already done. The Jeep Talk Show newsletter, happening every week, coming out just from the Jeep Talk Show. And it's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Well, Jeep, it looks like this episode of the Jeep Talk Show has come to the end of the trail. But we've got another episode coming up right around the corner. Until then, be sure to help us take over the social media world by finding, friending, and following us on all our various social media accounts. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. The Jeep Talk Show, here for you when you want it. As long as it's four
1: days a week. since 2010 you know we're getting complaints about people getting behind oh <laughs> and the cool thing <laughs> is is they're upset with themselves because they've gotten behind on listening to all the episodes